live from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to an episode of Ask Engineer. So excited, we've got a full packed hour of maker news, new products, giveaways, even a new segment that we'll tell you all about later if you stay tuned. That's right. Got an exciting show for you tonight. Um, we're going to get right to it because we've got so much to cover. So, Mr. Lavieta, why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is wide range. Ooh. Wide range is the code. 10% off native for store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Everything except for gift certificates, code Academy, and Adabox. Only the widest ranges. It gets you 10% off, but you're also helping a cool open source woman-owned company in New York City, the only electronic manufacturing woman-owned company that we know of in the U.S. because no one on Twitter told me I'm wrong. And that's what Twitter's good at. So when you purchase something, you save 10% and you support all of us here, or well, some of us who are here on a Friday, anyways. Show and tell, people around the world showing and sharing their projects. So it'll talk about the projects and the people that were on the show and tell this week. A little bit of John Park's workshop and Make Code Minute. We'll have Python on hardware. We're gonna do some time travel, 3D printing, some main New York City manufacturing videos. We have a new segment called I on NPI. Stay tuned. We'll do some new products. We'll do some top secret. We'll answer your questions. We do that throughout the show and at the end of the show on adafruit.it slash discord or discord.gg slash adafruit. Either one of those gets you to our discord channel where you join all 16,000 of us in the you, Adafruit community. Me, Adabot, we're all there. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Yay. Okay, well, uh, first up, as I had said, wide range, 10% off in the Adafruit store. But in addition to that, you get free stuff on checkout. Lady, what do they get? That's right. We have freebies. $99 or more, you get a free Permaproto half-size uh, breadboard PCB. You can take your solid breadboard projects, transfer them over to make them a permanent prototype. $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping. That's free continental ship, free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's our preferred domestic shipping partner. Uh, it's got tracking, it's got insurance, it shows up what it says it's going to. Uh, it's not mysterious at all. It's a brown truck. It's exactly what you see. And at $299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express, our all-in-one development board that's perfect for anybody of all skill levels to make and learn and create with electronics and code. You can use it with Arduino, code.org, CS Discoveries, MakeCode, um, CircuitPython, uh, MakerBlocks, MicroLisp, TeamyGo, what have you. It's got a chock full of 10 NeoPixels, buttons, switches, um, sensors of all sorts for temperature and light, capacitive touch pads, uh, battery and USB input. Uh, it's a really great, easy way for people to start learning with MakeCode and moving all the way up to, you know, if you want to use Embed or something, go for it. Okay, okay. From shipping, UPS, UPS, USA is the way to go for ground. It's Postal, tricky. Continental, domestic, USA. A little bit of a mystery and DHL International. Great for international. Same day delivery in New York City. Just check out before 11 a.m. And if it's in the zip code we support, we'll get it to you. We will get it to you same day. All right, show and tell people around the world showing and sharing projects. Lidita, who is on the show and tell and what products did they share? We had a bunch week? of people start off with Erin uh, came by, showed off her Elsa pendant. We're going to show that video soon. It's a beautiful um, gift playing pendant that's based on a circuit playground. Blue Fruit and Gizmo. Um, 
And uh, depending on the temperature, it shows different animations. It's inspired by the movie Frozen. Uh, Brian came by with the Oshawa badge. If you're attending the Oshawa uh, event coming up in a couple weeks, uh, there'll be a giveaway watch for everybody there. And uh, the code's being written. It's in CircuitPython, and it said, Hello World. So good start. Um, Melissa showed off the latest version of her Bluetooth uh, low energy web Bluetooth dashboard. So in Chrome, you can connect to Bluetooth devices from within the browser. And so far we found it's the easiest and best way to do uh, Bluetooth connectivity on desktop computers. So guides coming soon, uh, but she did a lovely little video, showed off all the capabilities, such as changing NeoPixels, um, detecting button presses, all the different sensors, orientation uh, display, and all that good stuff. Uh, now Pedro, um, published the Piloton video and uh, their additions to the Piloton guide this week. 3D printed case inspired by Bill Binko. They made it um, uh, camera tripod mount compatible, uh, which is a good idea. So now you can, it's a good update to the clue case. So now you can attach a clue to anywhere that you can put a camera. So good for accessibility projects too, I think. Um, they're also working on with Liz a uh, Kitar with a whammy bar. So uh, lots of like buttons and switches and, and sensors on this uh, DIY guitar project. Katni uh, published a guide, which we'll chat about uh, later. Uh, it's the Clue Badge Guide. So she's updated the uh, Pi Badger library that she wrote for making badges for events, ported it to Clue, and then also give it a big scrubbing and update. Um, it's better than ever. You can have lots of text color blocks, images in the background. Uh, it's perfect for making badges at an event like, say, Oshawa, if you have this watch. Um, you can really quickly get started um, making badges, even if you are giving them to people who've never coded before. That's what CircuitPython's so good for. And uh, last but not least, Dan came by and promoted uh, CircuitPython 5.0.0 is out. So um, if you have been using 4.x for CircuitPython and you're like, I want Faster sensors, faster displays, everything, better. Uh, Bluetooth, we completely redone and improved in lots of demos. Check out 5.0, it is now stable. And uh, if there's any bugs, please let us know. This is when we usually get the most bug reports because people are starting to use it. Um, we will get um, those reports in and release a 5.01, if necessary. And then from the community, Chris Young came by. You got a visit from Bill Binko with the Freedom Wing, which is a wing that can let you um, easily connect to um, wheel motorized wheelchair joysticks and then reuse that joystick to control other things because people who are in wheelchairs usually are really good at controlling the joystick because they do it all day, for like 16 hours a day. Um, so uh, Chris Young uh, uh, controlled an iPhone drone. I guess it's a, it's a drone that usually would be controlled from iPhone. Yeah. They plugged in the Freedom Wing and he was able to like go up and down and move around and it was like really stable he had some video from the drone yeah chris posted the video also in discord you can watch a longer one yeah and then on show and tell you can see the video he did and he has like an overlay of all the different things in indianapolis it's so neat yeah, yeah he's like he's just like i'm i'm in a wheelchair i'm controlling it and the drone is just like flying around and then he also has the headset yeah so that sounds like fun it's brilliant because this idea of the feather wing is whatever whatever you're using for your power wheelchair should be able to control anything that also is controlled with a joystick. Like, why would you have two separate things? Of course. Yeah. But the only thing that stopped that was manufacturers and proprietary software and hardware never allowed that. But now a new world is unlocked. A whole new world. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. 
then Liz came by. She uh, talked about she yes, she's working on that uh, guitar, and she's also making a step counter for Clue. One of the neat things. Um, that her guide will cover is the sensor that does motion in the clue. Also has a built-in pedometer and it works really well. I, I you know, was working on the code over the weekend and we went for a walk and it like, yeah, every time I took a step, it like went like incremented. It's really it a, a solid pedometer. Um, and what's great is it happens completely in chip. So you can do displays and animations without having to worry about missing a step. And then uh, Danon came by, um, he's doing more battery hacking. He loves batteries. I love batteries too, they're so cool. Uh, taking apart, um, old wheel, uh, sorry, not wheelchair. It's um, it was a lawnmower, lawnmower, um, battery pack uh, that he's been taking apart and recycling and reusing to making portable USB chargers. Okay, that's our show and tell. All participants on the show and tell get an as seen on the show and tell sticker. Email supportedatafruit.com. If you are a kid, please have a guardian-like entity email for you. Part of our Adafruit live series of shows tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. John Park's workshop is happening, and you'll see a lot of new things that we're doing with Clue, and of course, every single week. And Feather Sense. Feather Sense, and we also have um, a Make Code Minute that we do every single week. Here's the latest one. Take it away, JP. So for the Make Code Minute today, what I wanted to do was show you how you can create an array of pixel art images on the micro bit inside of Make Code, and then use one of the buttons on the micro bit to toggle between them. Uh, so what you'll see here is I have a nice little micro bit, and I'm using that um, cool little frosted case on it so that it diffuses the LEDs a bit. Uh, and what's going to happen is every time I press the B button, I'm going to move between a series of cute little uh, pixel art images that I have programmed and loaded into here. Uh, and if you take a look at my make code session, I'll zoom in here a bit so you can see this closer. It's a pretty simple sketch. What happens is on start, first thing I do is I'm showing an icon, and this is from the basic uh, drop down. There's a little list of pre made icons. Uh, and then I'm creating an array. And in this array, I have added uh, six of these icon image uh, blocks. And again, from those, you can pick uh, pre-made stuff. I'm not doing any, any uh, art from scratch on these. And then I'm setting a variable that I've created called current image to zero. And then uh, all that happens for the rest of the, the time is that it's sitting there waiting for button presses. And when I press this B button, it does these three things. It changes my um, variable. Uh, by one, so it adds one to the variable. Then it sets the current image variable to be the remainder of itself divided by the length of this array. So that essentially is like a modulo function that uh, gets me to loop between one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and then I show the image that is whatever number we're at from this uh, array here. Uh, and uh, then we proceed, it shows the image, and the next time we press it, we iterate through the next one. So you'll see here, uh, if we start out with the square, move that out of the way, next we'll get the diamond, the giraffe, the uh, Pac-Man ghost, heart, triangle, and back through. And so that is how you can create an array of pixel art images to cycle through on the micro bit using make code. And that's your make code minute. Okay, and that's JP's workshop tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay. 
It is now time for some Python on hardware. Blinka, 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 big news. We have um, CircuitPython 5, which is out, and it also means we are now up to 116 boards. Here's a preview of some of them. CircuitPython 5, what are some highlights? I'm glad you asked. Well, first off, yes, we added a ton more new boards. We really uh, strengthened our NRF52 support. Um, Bluetooth was almost completely reworked. Uh, it's now better than ever. Um, we added um, IMX support for the IMX RT10 10 series. Okay, so all the NXP chips are starting to go in. They're starting to come in slowly, but surely they do work. People have a TNC4, please try it out. You can um, install CircuitPython on it. Um, so that's new in 5.0. We also added some more. We added STM32 um, support, so STM32 F4 series chips, which are very popular with makers. Um, very popular um, in industry as well. So if you have boards that use those chips, uh, you can add those. Um, and, to, and we also uh, sped up a lot of stuff. We Im improved uh, display I/O quite a bit, I think. Uh, some memory management, some back in, you know, speed ups and, and behind the scenes with how we manage interrupts. So you should see better performance. Uh, it's a really solid release and a lot of improvements. So I definitely recommend people update to five. Okay. Um, New boards, the Nano 33 uh, that's from Arduino is uh, supported by CircuitPython now. The Circuit Brains Basic and Deluxe, the Feather M7, you already mentioned this, and the SparkFun CMD51 Thing Plus. Yeah, we tested a well. bunch of new boards and more coming in like every single week. Okay, um, we also have our new project. This is Piloton, it's an open source bike computer. Um, easiest, best way for you to learn all about Bluetooth and do things like heart rate and miles per hour and um, cadence, cadence and music. it can also get music so it's, it's a demo of like if you have four bluetooth devices you can connect to all of them at once it's a very powerful bluetooth demo okay um here's a couple other shots um open hardware summit is coming up the badges are completed um we saw some photos online we'll do an update on our blog but here is one from drew this is it working with um, all sorts of things. So you've got humidity, pressure, altitude, temperature, um, all sorts of different sensor information that you can get in. It's also wearable, and of course it runs. And all these drivers were ready to go. It's so easy. Yeah. Okay, um, the new board that we wanted to get out is mm -hmm. out. It sold out instantly. It's probably gonna be a top seller. It is the Feather NRF52840 Blue Fruit Sense. So you can check that out. Sign up, we'll have more in stock very, very soon. Yes, they went fast, but they are going to be very popular, I think, so um, we'll be making tons soon. Okay, um, Python slizzers over to Android. There is a Python for Android application that you can try out. This is um, from the folks over at PyBeware, and also I think the Python Foundation helped fund this. So if you it's wanted cool. to do Python on Android, you could check it out there. Uh, the article that we mentioned last week in Hackspace is now online. It's by Drew. It's called Python on Hardware, The Future is Serpentine. And uh, it is, I think, going to be one of the articles that people refer back to and say, oh, I remember when I heard about Python on Hardware, I read it in Hackspace or whatever, and now everything has Python on it. So check that out. It's online. We link to it. Um, the PDF is available, the whole issue, but then sometimes they also post up articles. Okay, um, this is kind of neat. This is from Matt. Matt posted this up. Uh, the Tinker Squad decided to um, teach kids Python, and you can see they were using Moo, they were using Circuit Playground, and they were using Circuit Playground Express. So this is sound and uh, Python all working together, 
And if these kids can do Python on hardware, you can too. Well, what I like is you can see everybody has different color LEDs on their circuit playground, which means each person was able to customize the code. They're not just following the instructions and like pasting in the default, they're then changing it to customize it so like the girl has the pink mattress or sweater. Yeah. Next up, uh, Thea posted up. Thea is doing a new potential project. It's called, uh, well, it's called the big, it's called the big honkin' buck button. Yeah. And uh, will it run CircuitPython? Yes, for easy hacking. So if you want this, uh, check out the Twitter link and let Thea know that this is a project you would like to see. It's a module, it's a synth. You press the button and it makes a sound. Geek Mom is working on getting Clue to work with the bright wearables, line of wearables. So you can see it here. It's uh, sound reactive. The screen works. Plugs in. It's, it's, since it's a microbit compatible, um, as far as the connector, you can do things like testing, voice activation, testing, two, play things three, on the screen, testing, and more. Testing, testing. Speaking of compatibility, we got the little uh, Plenbot from Japan working with the Clue. So um, it was made for Microbit, but since uh, the Clue is in Microbit format, we can use CircuitPython to control this cute little humanoid robot. We'll show a longer video later on in the show. Some Bluetooth-controlled psychic paper. Um, this shows, uh, you know, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you know all about this. This is a doctor, and then the um, text shows up as a different doctor, and yes, it's all over. Yes, they're regenerating. Bluetooth. Yep, it's important if you're if you have multiple different physical can you know instantiations, you have to have a flexible ID card. Yep, otherwise you don't get stuck. Here is Circuit Playground, Cricket, and Circuit Python all working together for this very cool Blue Fruit Cricket. Robot. Easy, um, effective, cricket. Right. Uh, quick note, um, PyCon just posted up. We are still on for PyCon. It's in April. Um, unknown uh, for everyone how COVID is going to affect more events, but since it's out in April, they've been working with the folks in Pittsburgh. So far, so good. Uh, do check out the PyCon blog. Look at their post. I have to hand it to PyCon. They are excellent about giving information to all the attendees, the sponsors, and everyone. If all events did that, I think there'd be some less Less uncertainty and chaos. So good work, PyCon. Thanks for keeping everyone updated. Todd went to an event, and this is a um, like massive Neo trellis using CircuitPython and controlling this tower of NeoPixels. This one I have to post up a little bit more. Someone made their own CircuitPython VS Code extension. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and so it's in. You can you can just download and use it right away. Um, I'll link to it. Uh, there's a there's an update. Um, but you can check this out. Um, we link to it in the newsletter and on our site. Uh, this is a cool little board. It's called the Commander. It's a 16 megabyte flash SD accelerometer, four button, nine LED uh, little device that runs CircuitPython. It uh, plays keystrokes off the SD card. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's like, it's, it's you know, there's HID built into CircuitPython, so it's very easy to read files off of an SD card and then immediately type them out. It's actually like a 50 line code project. So I think this could be for like automating certain events like you want to plug it in and then say like okay I want to install software or set up a Chromebook or something people use things like this to do that automatic scripting tools okay uh, quick feather this is the quick logic EOS s3 open hardware eval board this is from the quick logic corp it's an FPGA that was spotted at embedded world by drew it had a cortex m4 microcontroller run Zephyr in feather format check this out it'll be coming out soon and also check out awesome dash feather on github you can just search for that. There's also a horse named Awesome Feather. No relation to our Awesome Feather list, but it is kind of cool. It should be called Quick Feather. Yeah. 
the quickest horse. Okay, this is neat. This is a ritual mask of Predator. So they okay. use, this is what it is. So they made this on their own, and it uses the monster mask uh, or the hollowing eye inside of there so you can see this. Okay, great. Okay, next up, <laughs> um, there was a really good article about um, Python as a programming language. Cool thing is, um, it's now number two. Um, Python wasn't singled out in these rankings um, from Redmonk um, that often because it just keeps growing and it's steady. And this time, it's a little different. For this quarter, um, it spent four years in fourth place, and then it jumped up to third place three years ago until this month. For the first time in history of these rankings, which began in 2012, there is a non-Java or JavaScript entry in the number two slot. That is Python. So it was JavaScript, then Java, yeah. then Python, then like looks like C++, C, yep. CSS. Yep. Okay, see so Rust catching up there. Okay. Go Rust. And last up, if you want to celebrate Women's History Month and Women's History Day, there is a really cool uh, workshop that the Beirut Digital District is doing, and it's part of the Beirut uh, Hackspace. And you can... If you happen to be in the area, <laughs> you're there, but you can also probably catch it online. Uh, we link to that and more. And that is Python on Harbor this week. Yay. All right. Okay, <clears throat> let's uh, move over to time travel. Time travel time. Yeah, all right. So this is news and more that's going on. Uh, first up, on Tuesday of next week, we are doing um, a session with Microchip. This is machine learning and also uh, IoT. So it's March 10th, Tuesday, at 3 p.m. Pacific. So uh, that also means it'll be later in the day for people on the East Coast, so 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be showing off demos and more. Next up, we had a little bit of information about this last week, but I want to, uh, I got more. Uh, so Morgan Stanley has a makerspace thing they do. Yeah. And we thought, hey, this is pretty cool. We saw it on Twitter. That's cool. And we're like, that's neat. But what we didn't realize is there was a person in our forums that uh, not only did they work on this, but their kid had worked on this. But their kid, it's been going, like, we've been around for, like, 10, 15 years. Yeah, well, So, yeah. you know, kid that was 10 is now, like, 25. So they post the really Working long... Working at Morgan Stanley. <laughs> yeah, they, were, they posted up their really long personal story about how they used Adafruit stuff, how they wanted to give back, and this is one of the things they do. This is for the Women in Need program. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a nonprofit in New York City. Uh, homeless women, kids, they do learn to code workshops. They do a lot of things for the community. But here's what the VP from uh, Morgan Stanley said. Tremendously thankful to the work with the curious and creative young people from our Women in Need alongside Morgan Stanley Technology colleagues and our employee de design and led Morgan Stanley Makerspace program. So um, you can check this out on their LinkedIn site. You can check it out on our uh, blog. Uh, the technology team there, they taught the coding fundamentals using Adafruit, Circuit Playground Express, using CircuitPython. Participants created light sensors, accelerometers as part of the Morgan Stanley Makerspace program. And they are a supporter of New York City's largest provider of shelter and supportive housing for homeless families. So not only is it good to do all this, but it's a good cause, and it is one of our missions to get these in the hands of many people. So thank you very much, Morgan Stanley. I hope people pick up some skills and share. And have fun. Make okay. rainbows. Maker Update is uh, out right now. You can check it on our YouTube channel. We've been doing this every month. There is a new podcast 
new season from Red Hat called Command Line Heroes, and this month is all about hardware. Oh. Open source hardware specifically. It says that. And the cool thing about this is there is a Adafruit one coming up, and you can hear all about open source hardware and more. They have it on every single podcast network that you can imagine. Um, it's hosted by Saren, and she interviewed you. Yes. We'll talk well, about that was a year ago, sor- but I, I we'll talk about open source hardware. Yeah. And more very soon. So if you like if you like the podcast, you like this. All right. Um, every week we talk about Discord and um, membership and the people that we have on there. And uh, Discord came up with this thing called server discovery. And they had all this criteria, and we hit it. And then they changed the criteria, and we hit that. And then they changed the criteria again, and then we hit that. There's so many goalposts. And so the goalposts was moving with this stuff. And I emailed, and I said, hey, like, you know, we keep hitting the, the threshold for server discovery, which means you can go into the server discovery section. If you're in Discord, scroll down to the bottom left-hand side. And we're there. There's a magnifying glass. You type Adafruit or Electronics or Raspberry Pi or Python or Arduino, and we'll show up. So what happened was it kept changing, and this time, though, they said, congratulations, Finally. you're in. So we had to have a safe environment. Yep, that means we had community guidelines. We have a code of conduct. We enforce it. We have moderators. We have more than 250 members. Yes, we have 16,000. Meets age requirement, so the server needed to be at least eight weeks old. Yeah. Healthy community. The metrics look great. The members are active, and they're back on the server a bunch of times. No bad words, right? Yeah. And then two-factor authentication for all the moderators. Good idea. And admins. We did it. So now when you go there and you type Adafruit, we show up, and we're in there with like Fortnite and official Fortnite and other types of Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> wait, yeah, uh, Minecraft. And so we're in there with the big gaming servers, but this is also you know, a place where people can learn skills. They can show their projects. They can talk about electronics. This is where we do all of our CircuitPython development. And so um, we're there. Check it out, and uh, we did it. We did it! Yay! Yay. So we're there now. Okay. Um, we have a whole series on our site right now about cyberpunk, and Gareth is one of my favorite authors. We have him working and he's on this. Good at cyberpunk. So this is just some of the stories. What is cyberpunk? How we ended up living in cyberspace. William Gibson's new writer, Insecurities, might reveal a key component of a great of great art. The Essential Cyberpunk Reading List. So Transmit Stripolitan is probably one of my favorite series ever. It's about journalism. It's In New York. It's also cyberpunk. It also has a, a crazy president that's doing all sorts of things. So it's nothing like our current uh, life. So it's a very good escape to read. Um, and we have probably 15 more posts altogether. Cool. So I can't wait. Yeah. So check it out. And uh, if you like cyberpunk or if you never heard about it or if you uh, read Transmetropolitan, I read it every year. Once a year, I just read it well, cover to cover. Open Source Hardware. Cool. All right. Uh, open Source Hardware Summit is coming up very soon. And we're an Open Source Hardware company. We're an Open Source Hardware company. we make company. Open Source Hardware. We do. And so. before we get to the guides, though, um, in the world of Open Source Hardware, something new happened. That's right. So there is a few different things that are like connectors that are called different things that are Stemma, Quick, Stemma QT, Grove, and also Gravity. So Gravity's from DFRobot, Grove is from Seed, Stemma, Stemma QT, that's from Adafruit, and Quick is from SparkFun. But we saw this, and so I had to write about it. 
Say hello to Easy C. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. I saw Easy this C is now another one. Easy C. Yeah. Not related to Easy E. No. JP asked. So now, what's cool is all of these are pretty much compatible in some way. Stemma and StemmaQT are the most compatible, but the connectors that you have to connect all this stuff, it seems like we're all moving towards this particular connector. Yeah. Why did you decide to do Stemma and StemmaQT? Well, I originally wanted to do JST connectors because JST connectors were very were common and they weren't too big. Um, and we actually designed a couple boards with the, the JST connector. But then, um, you know, as I was using it, it, it was quite a large connector, and SparkFun started doing the quick boards with um, I2T only, which I really liked, and like a very small connector. And we got some, you know, we got a board or two, and we got the cable, and we tried it, and we're like, oh yeah, that's a really nice fit. Um, so I just basically took the same Stemma standard, three to five volt power, three to five volt I squared C, and just use the smaller connector, and it's cross compatible. And Easy C is too. Easy C is basically the same as Quick. I'm not exactly sure why they came up with a new name. Okay. So that is Easy C. Welcome, Easy C, to this community of connectors. We added this to our guide. I did. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, next up. we have 2,143 guides. Lady Ada, what was on the big board this week? I had a couple of new guides this week. First off, we have an update to that Piloton guide. Um, it was live before, but it's updated. Uh, we'll show the video, I think, from Known Pedro later um, in 3D section. Um, we have two breakout guides, the LIST 2MDL triple axis magnetometer. This is a nice plus or minus 50 micro Tesla uh, magnetometer. It's very commonly used um, with an IMU chip to create a 9 off sensor. Um, so we have a breakout now for the list 2MDL, which is very similar to the list 3MDL, but the 2MDL does not. It's a little bit older. It has a couple things that it doesn't do. Um, the ICM 2649 is, uh, we're going to talk about that new product a little bit later. It's a very nice wide range IMU sensor um, and um, from TDK uh, in Vincennes. And what's nice about this is that most uh, sensors, accelerometers and gyros don't go past 16G or they don't go past 2000 DPS. Um, but this chip is not too expensive and it goes to 30 plus or minus 30G. So it's about twice as much as most IMU chips. And um, the gyro as well goes up to 4000 DPS. So it's designed for sports and action situations where it's like you want to measure much stronger forces than um, you would with a normal IMU. So check that out. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice little IMU. And then of course it would pair very nicely with magnetometer. Um, Aaron made a frozen inspired animated pendant that shows different animated GIFs depending on the temperature, the ambient temperature of the necklace. Um, so you can put it up to a fire and it will have a flame or you can put it in um, the refrigerator or outside if it's cold and it will display a snowflake. Um, so it's inspired by frozen in the three uh, you know, the warm, cold, and um, breezy uh, spirits, and then we'll show the video as well. Uh, Katni uh, made a guide just on how to take your clue board and turn it into a custom circuit Python badge. Because we're going to be giving out a bunch of these for PyCon, and people are going to be like, I'm at PyCon, I have this clue badge, but what, what do I do with it? And how do I make it display my name, my pronouns, my Twitter handle, display QR code? This guide will help you out. Um, from David Stells, we have a, a basic update to his um, guide from before he did a guide with the Neo Trellis on rolling dice. Uh, this one, um, you can select different, you know, 2D6 or 
you know, 5D12, whatever, and then when you shake it, it'll roll the dice and display the number for you. So a very easy D&D uh, dice rolling helper. And the final guide, can you go back? So I don't to... Sure. There's one more guide. Oh, Carter um, also did a um, guide with Clue. If you have two of them, you can use the two buttons on the front to send Morse code messages, um, the dit and da, and then um, press both buttons together to, to send a character, and it will, um, you can take two clues and pair them together and then communicate 50 feet away um, using Bluetooth low energy um, by transmitting characters back and forth. Um, we have a little video in the guide as well that uh, you can check out. Let me show it a little bit later. Oh, in the okay. Show. We're going to show, show the video later where Phil and I uh, send each other messages basically over the clue. And the best thing about it is there's a Morse code cheat sheet on the display because I don't. I haven't memorized my Morse code. This is a great way to practice your Morse code if you are yep. learning it. And then we have a uh, video from Aaron. Take it away, Aaron. Discover your inner snow queen with this temperature sensing pendant. Invoke the elements of air, fire, and ice using the elements around you or your Ice Queen superpowers. The pendant will display a leaf, a purple flame, or a snowflake animation, depending on the warmth of the air. You'll need a gizmo TFT, a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, and a battery. Remove the Kaplan tape from the gizmo and place the battery on top. Line up the Circuit Playground's USB port with 12 o'clock and start adding screws. Get all the screws started before you tighten them down. Plug in the battery to be sure power is flowing. Connect the Circuit Playground to your computer and double-click the Reset button. Load current.uf2 onto the CPlayBT boot drive, and then add the three GIF images to the root of the CircuitPy drive. Check to be sure it's working. A cold temperature reading shows a snowflake. A neutral temperature shows a spinning leaf, and when it's warm, you'll see a lovely purple flame. Snip off the supports at 1 o'clock and 7 o'clock from the case bottom, as they'll be in our way for this project. Place the electronics into the case and snap fit the pieces together. Add a necklace cord, and you're ready to wear your magic necklace. See the full build tutorial on the Adafruit Learning System. And okay, right. Thanks, and Aaron. now it's time for some Main York City factory footage. Take it away, Adafruit Factory.
and it wouldn't be New York City factory footage without a view outside our window. Oh, this construction's really happening. This is outside the Adafruit headquarters. This is what the pick and place is see all day long. Okay, take apart one building in the back there. Yep. All right, next up, some 3D printing. Let's go on Pedro. We're gonna do these videos back to back. The first one's gonna be the Piloton, and the next one is gonna be a favorite from Harry Potter. Take it away, Don Pedro. Extrude it away. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're building a bike cycling BLE device using Adafruit's Clue dev board. Piloton is Adafruit's CircuitPython project for BLE sensors that can measure your heart rate and your speed and cadence. This is great for displaying your sensor data with custom fonts and graphics on a really nice display. It features Apple's music service, so you can use the touchpads to play, pause, and control the next and previous track. You can also use the buttons to change the volume. You can track your performance while you ride and have the ability to control your music. The 3D printed case and mount securely attaches to the handlebars with hardware. The case features a quarter 20 screw for using with a tripod mount so you can attach the clue in all sorts of ways. The code for this project was written in CircuitPython by Dylan Harada. Go to the learn guide to get the clue board set up with the latest version of CircuitPython. You can select from the multi-language menu and download the latest release. To install new firmware, double press the reset tab to get the board into the bootloader mode. Then drag and drop the file to automatically install the new firmware. It works like a USB drive so the code and libraries are stored on the device. The heart rate and cadence sensors are set up in the code so it's easy to change it for your setup. The code checks for nearby BLE sensors and handles the logic for displaying the updates. It's a great example of displaying sensors together using BLE libraries for CircuitPython. Get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. We're using the Cadence sensor from Wahoo. This will be mounted to the bike's foot pedal and spokes on the rear tire. 3D printed parts and hardware are used to make the clamp for the clue board. The case snap fits together and has a bezel to protect the display. To make this portable, you can wire up a slide switch JC adapter and connect it to a battery. Connect the battery to the switch and fit it on the back of the clue board. Secure the screen bezel by adhering it to the case using superglue. The clue board easily fits inside the case by press fitting it through the screen and the button cutouts. Fit the switch into the holder by inserting it at an angle. You want to tap the thread for the tripod screw using a 3 8 tapping tool. To ensure the tonsures have a nice fitting, create the thread by fastening the tapping tool. Use a tool with a flat tip to fasten and install the screw into the frame. We'll tap the bracket in the same way with another 3 8 to a quarter 20 screw. Install the back cover by snap fitting it into place. Use the built-in tab to reset the board whenever you need to install new firmware. You can pair the phone to the clue board using the BLE Connect app for iOS or Android. It will automatically connect to the heart rate and cadence sensor when the devices are awake and within range. Install the clamp to the handlebars using the captive nut and a M5 screw. This mini tripod swivel ball head is nice for adjusting the board so you get a good viewing angle. The Wahoo sensor is strapped to the bike frame near the rear tire. The magnet is secured to one of the spokes so it's lined up with the sensor. For better proximity, we needed to use extra magnets so it would reach the sensor. 
The magnet for the foot pedal is secured to the bar using a large rubber band that's securely wrapped. Lastly, we need to make sure to adjust the magnets so they're properly lined up with the sensor. We think this is a nice way to make a portable cycling project with Adafruit's Clue dev board. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Check out 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, where you can learn how to make all the stuff with Noah and Pedro. Okay, well, um, I'm pretty excited because we have a new segment called Eye on NPI. My eye on the NPI. That's right. And NPI stands for New Product Introduction. New and product. here it is. Okay. Adafruit's New Product Introduction. And uh, I'll just tell you quickly how this works. We're going to pick a new product out there, probably not from Adafruit, but we're going to tell you about it. It's probably going to be a component, and it's probably going to be something really cool. So to kick it off... NPI. Okay. This, this one's from Espressive. Espressive, a little happy guy. <laughs> All right, so uh, first off, what's Espressive? What are they known for? Okay, Espressive is a uh, company in Asia, and they make uh, microcontrollers that have built-in wireless technology to them. So they're mm. best known for making the ESP8266 and ESP32 uh, 10 silica plus Wi-Fi plus Bluetooth chipsets that people have been using lately with Arduino and CircuitPython and MicroPython and Lua and whatnot yeah. to make cool IoT projects. Lots of these are in like the smart light bulbs, all sorts of things. Yes, like that. they're very popular. I mean, there's I didn't even say they sell like hundreds of millions of these chips. Okay. They're inexpensive, but they're very reliable, and so they're used in a lot of industry products because you get the microcontroller plus Wi-Fi all in one. All right, so this is all about MPI. So everyone is talking about this upcoming next product in that line called the. ESP32-S2, and as you can see, this is some chips that just came out the line. So we had some beta chips, but they're actually getting released into mass manufacture, which is what makes this an NPI, not a coming soon. Yeah, so this NPI, this ESP32-S2, um, is known for a couple things. One, um, security. Yeah. So there are a couple um, sec security issues with previous versions of the ESP32. Some people really attacked the ESP32, found some ways that you can maybe extract some keys with some glitching attacks. Uh, and that has been patched up in the ESP32-S2. So they're definitely, they did a big focus on security and um, really hardened all the attack surfaces. We have yeah. an IoT video on attack surface um, mitigation. Yep. Check that out if you want to know how to do that. Um, but so this chip should be good for industry where you want to make sure that there's secret key, secret firmware, 
you know, SSID or whatever uh, private keys that they don't get leaked out okay. from the chip. What else about this chip is interesting to you, Lady Ada engineer? Who uh, so what y'all don't know is every single night Lady Ada uh, just reads NPI data sheets for chips around the world constantly, always, forever. Um, so this, though, we got a we got a hold of some of the things about it. Okay. What things do you like about this? Um, so the USB 32s2. One thing that I personally like um, is that USB on the go. So it's all the way okay. on that side um, under the pulse counter. Okay. So the USB on the go is very exciting because as a native USB, this was one of the few things that made it a little bit difficult to update the firmware or do um, some kind of interactions with it because it couldn't show up as a mass storage device okay. or a MIDI device or whatever. Now it has native USB, so it really makes. Um, interactivity with hardware a lot easier uh, and again it's built in so like great for price great for build materials cost reduction and of course space reduction um, second uh, there is again that built-in Wi-Fi there's now a sort of a time of flight thing where you can do um, if you have I guess two of these you can tell the distance between the two of them uh, using time of flight more details are coming out it still has a ton of great peripherals the SPI ITOS I squared C touch DAC, ADC, so it's very ESP32-like. One thing that did get removed is it doesn't have uh, Bluetooth or Bluetooth Low Energy. I know some people like that in the ESP32. This, the ESP32-S2, at least to start, does not come with Bluetooth. It's just Wi-Fi. And that 10 silica LX7 microcontroller, I think it's got like a couple hundred K of RAM. And I think there's also a um, RISC-V coprocessor in there. Again, more details are gonna come out Okay, soon. and because it has USB in it, we've already got it started on some work, but there's a couple things that we can say for sure we're going to do with this. Yes, Team USB supports it, and in fact, Espresso um, is really excited to help us support uh, the SP32 with the Teeny USB. Um, Teeny USB is a completely open, MIT-licensed USB software stack with host and device, and it's not tied to any vendor. So you can use the stack with any chipset, which is really important. A lot of stacks okay. are tied to a vendor. You can't use it unless you're using ST parts or microchip parts, and that's great if you're using those parts. But um, Espressif, you know, when they start working on the ESP32, we said, hey, let's add support to this Teen USB. You get all these USB um, peripherals basically for free once you do the low level stuff. Um, they were able to do it. I think there's a pull request coming in. They're doing some testing. Um, so people who want to use um, the USB with IDF know that Teen USB has support and that means you get you know, mass storage, CDC, MIDI, RNDNS, I think somebody just put in. So a lot of USB support is going to come right out of the box. Okay. So if you go to digikey.com, you can search for ESP32. However, if you want to see this specific component that we were talking about, including pricing, here's how to get it. And it's about a dollar, which yeah. is amazing. So the raw chip, uh, again, you know, we edit for, we don't really sell chips. We, we tend to sell uh, modules or breakout boards or feathers. Uh, so if you want to pick up these, um, sign up. Uh, you can uh, pre-order them from DigiKey and they'll get them to you in the moment that they show up in a couple weeks or so, uh, you know, unless something goes amiss, hopefully not. Um, if they're able to get that stock, they'll send you out some cut tape. Uh, I have some on order. I'm very excited. Uh, there's also modules and dev boards of a wide variety in different packaging. Uh, check out the product ordering information to know whether you want the dev kit the module, the module with PS RAM, or just the raw chip. Okay, as now that, that DigiKey um, product ID, Yeah. what do those numbers and letters mean? Well, I don't work for DigiKey, but this is what I'm guessing. I think the first number is the supplier code. Okay. So each supplier has like a number, and I think okay. ESP, Espressif is the 1,965th, not 1965, which is a great year. 
but just the this okay. number. Then the other one then is the part obvious, number. Yeah. And then what's the other things? CT means cut tape. Okay. So it means uh, I like to order when I get prototypes. I get them in cut tape, but you also get them in digi reels, or of course. You want to splurge, get a full reel of 2,000 components. That would be a TR okay. for tape and reel. And then ND, I think, just stands for like new DigiKey. I think it's the new DigiKey okay. code. All right. So that is I on NPI. We took you there. We brought you back. Okay. Hope you learned something. All right. So uh, before we go over to new products, let's do the code. The code's wide range. 10% off in the Adafruit store. All the way up till 1.59 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Let's uh, do this, Lady Ada. Okay. Okay, uh, first up, weekly reminder, uh, we have another few weeks before we're going to be shipping Adabox, so now is the time to go to adabox.com and sign up. Okay, kicking off, we've got Serpentes. The snakes are on this plane, and I love them. Uh, we've got two Serpentes from Arturo. Uh, we've got the USB-C style here, and then we also have a USB plug type. Otherwise, they're pretty much the same hardware, but this one's kind of neat, plugs right into a USB-C port. These feature a SAMD21 chip. They have um, a little bit of SPI flash, I think like four megabytes of SPI flash. Um, there's an RGB LET, there's a reset button, and they're castellated, so you can slot them directly onto a circuit board. So it's kind of like, um, like a Feather M0, but made really, really small. And I think these are really cute. I especially like the plug one, because again, you can plug that right into your USB-C port. Okay, next up. Next up, we have the List 2 MDL. Uh, this is very similar sounding to the List 3 MDL, which we already stocked, but it's a little bit different. It is a magnetometer, it's from ST. They make lovely magnetometers. This one is a slightly, I think it's an older chip, and it doesn't, uh, have different ranges. It has one range of plus or minus 50 micro Tesla, which uh, or maybe it's 50, plus or minus 50 gauss, sorry. Um, that's 55,000 micro Tesla. And uh, it's got quick connectors on the sides. It's a very easy triple axis magnetometer. People love to use these with IMUs, but also you can do them, use them for detecting magnetic fields. And I'll show a demo in a bit. Okay, next up. Next up, it's a revision. This is the VL6180, which we've stocked for quite a bit. It's a nice little distance sensor. Um, works uh, really well. It uses a time of flight sensor. It actually uses a little like a laser cavity, which is super neat. Uh, it's the little sister to the VL53L0X. Um, and I've got a little demo. I'll show it off on the overhead. Uh, so here you can see, you can actually even see the little laser blinking. And this is the detector. And then what's nice about this is it has a very low range. So it can be like super close. And it's like, hey, you're only like, like less than a centimeter away or higher or lower. And then it has a range of, oh, I don't know. What does it say in the back? Five to 100 millimeters. So the VL53L0X, which is the um, bigger sister to this, has a uh, longer range, but it doesn't have as good of a short range. So if you need short range sensing, um, this sensor is actually quite good. And if you need longer range, check out the VL53L0X. Okay. And the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, and our community is? The ICM 2649. This is uh, a Brian made breakout, uh, Brian Brand TM. This has a, um, a TDK Sense six axis IMU. It's an accelerometer and a gyroscope, three axes each. 
And what's really nice about this sensor is it has a very wide range. That's why the code's wide range. Instead of most accelerometers and gyros that go up to only uh, plus or minus 16 Gs and plus or minus 2,000 degrees per second, this goes about twice as far, plus or minus 30 Gs and plus or minus 4,000 degrees per second. So this is designed for um, situation where, situations where you have like high impact, like sports uh, is kind of what they're designing it for, or action, or some robotics, where things are going to be moving a little bit faster and maybe hitting a little bit harder, uh, you'll want a sensor that can handle that wider range. So it's a very high quality sensor. Uh, TDK makes like really, really good sensors. Um, and the 6-axis one, of course, pairs really great with the LIS 2 MDL. And so I'll show it on the overhead. Um, so actually what I did here is I've got a feather with an OLED display and then I've connected, um, I thought it would be neat to show off that, um, that you can just chain these together. So I have a quick cable going from one to the other all over I squared C and so you can see I'm reading the accelerometer, gyroscope and magnetometer as I, as I twist this around. Uh, the first two sets of numbers move. And then this is for the magnetometer. So you can see the bottom set of numbers move. And then, of course, you can bolt these together if you like to make you know, a little nine-off kit that um, moves together, if you so wish. Uh, and then use that with um, our uh, HRS uh, Fusion tutorial that we wrote to get um, yaw and pitch and rotation out of the nine-off sensor. But a great sensor, especially, I think, um, for sports and robotics, what the sensor would be best for. Okay. That's the box. Okay, let's do... Recap, recap, recap. The recap. New, new, new recap. Okay, we got two slithery serpentes that made their way here. The SAMD21 boards went circuit python. They come with a chunk of SPI flash on them, an RGB LED. Uh, they're inspired by the DigiSpark and they got castellated pads, one with USB-C plug and one with USB-C socket. The LIST 2 MDL is a very handy triple axis magnetometer, a great pairing for any IMU that's an accelerometer gyroscope, such as the one we'll be showing shortly. Uh, and over I squared C or SPI, you can read three axis of magnetometer data. We've updated the VL6180 to now have stomach UT connectors. Uh, it's the same chip, same breakout, same price, but now has four mounting holes and these quick connects um, from SparkFun. You can uh, easily connect it up to your microcontroller board with no soldering required. And finally, start of the show is the ICM2649, a wide range, plus or minus 30G, plus or minus 4000 DPS IMU from TDK Inminsense, a great match for that magnetometer. Uh, this is great for sports and robotics where you need a wide range IMU. Matching new products. Okay, uh, don't forget the code is wide range. Let's uh, do some top secret. I'd love to. Okay. What is it? So we have a few. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to play some of the videos, what are self explanatory, and then we'll do stuff on the other side. Okay, cool. Okay, lady, what is this? Hey, I'm testing out the Feather Blue Fruit Sense. Hold on, I'll get it text right up, which we just released in the store featuring NRFT2840, humidity, temperature, barometric pressure, 9DOF microphone, button, neopixel, all these things, all in a feather format, really easy to use, and we've got Melissa's new web 
Bluetooth dashboard. I was so inspired by the Arduino dashboard. I'm like, this is such a good idea for debugging um, all your sensors. So you can see here, I got this gigantic rabbit. We gotta make this rabbit a little bit smaller, but it's moving. This is everything that's going on on this board. With the nine off, I've got this light sensor. So if I put this under the light, that spikes up. I've got the accelerometer moving. I've got this little button. When I press the button here, this button clicks. So nice Bluetooth connectivity all over web Bluetooth in Chrome for great wireless Bluetooth sensor technology. Next up, if okay. you um, want like the latest and greatest NXP based feather, we're working on it and we had a cool project that uses Wi-Fi to check our stonks. Okay. Take it away, stonks. All right, Lady Data, what is this? Hey, I'm checking out my stonks on this uh, feather wing project I'm building. I'm actually doing this to test out the IMX RT 1011 feather that Arturo sent us. This is a prototype of an upcoming feather M7. It's a Cortex M7 chip running at 500 megahertz. And the best part is this chip has like tons of flash and RAM, but it's only like $1.25. It's available at DigiKey if you want to pick up some. I uh, hooked it up to an ESP32 airlift feather wing to give it Wi-Fi. And then I added a nice color screen here with some buttons. And it's connected to the internet through this API and getting uh, latest stonks and uh, the closing price and the change over the day. So it's a nice little demo to read uh, this JSON code. And the nice thing is this entire project is only about 80 lines of code. So it's like CircuitPython is so efficient and so easy to code in. Stonks. Stonks. And Arturo immediately decided to try it out as well, and you can see... Yeah, he's got one with built-in Wi-Fi, so it's right. a good test. Um, other things, we got the little uh, PlenBot from Japan, so we got CircuitPython running on that. Here's a preview. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm playing with the PlenBit. This is a really cool little humanoid robot, and I got it working with the Clue. It's neat because you can actually see on the REPL all the servos moving. Hey, guys! This was originally designed for the micro bit, but inside it's just got a PCA9685, so I'm just controlling the servos directly. And you can take advantage of all the sensors and of course the built-in screen on the Clue for a little robot. So there's a little bit more to do to have it do like actions and motions, but I definitely got all the LEDs and motors. We said it again. Will do. About. Now, we showed some things that the Clue can do, but what can the Clue do? <laughs> Here's some of the things the Clue can do. Okay, well this is me I'm, uh, showing off the plotter. I'm writing up a guide for this. So this is a temperature and pressure plotting. So we've got this little plotter in Arduino. It's nice and fast, and I even improved it since then. You can see it does this nice scrolling effect. Uh, here I'm testing out the humidity sensor. and. Um, I found out why it always spikes when you turn on is because my hand was behind it. My hand is, you know, hot and humid. Uh, the light sensor in the front. Um, this is a color sensor, so you can see it's detecting the red reflected from the orange in that pen. Uh, proximity, which is great for detecting, again, proximity when the light level can change. And uh, this is a demo of the pulse sensor. So um, because it auto ranges, if you put your hand over the color sensor, it can measure your pulse. The microphone, which can if you clap or sing, it'll see the volume. And accelerometer, gyroscope, and of course the magnetometer. This time I'm triggering the magnetometer with a magnet. And this is some of the things 
the clue can do. Okay. Um, we also did this Morse code project today. Take it away, us. Hey, I'm doing a little test of this clue Morse code transmitter. Let me connect to the other clue over here. And then I can use the two buttons to send Morse code. So let me send H and then the letter I. And that appears over there. And I can pick up this clue, which is also in battery power. And let me send O. And then I'm going to send K. There you go. So wireless Morse code transmission between two clue boards using Bluetooth. And last up, um, here's some designs that are either going to be released tomorrow or next week, or who knows? Um, this is a Metro M7 IMX RT 1011. So this has that 1011 chip in the middle, a low-cost IMX RT. It's a good introductory chip. Wi-Fi, ESP32, USB-C, uh, SWD debugging, power supply, power switch, and boot select, which is something I really need. This very, the boot process on these chips is not trivial. Um, so coming soon. The, it's an NAU7802. People have been asking us to stock um, some sort of uh, Wheatstone bridge or strain gauge amplifier. Um, so we'll have this and, of course, Python and Arduino code to go with it. And then uh, an update, you know, so we did the ICM uh, 2649, which is a, a great 6DOF sensor. The next step up is the ICM 2948, which is a 9DOF sensor, also some built-in um, automatic uh, orientation calculation capabilities. It's a magnetometer and IMU in one case. And so we're kind of slowly working our way around this chip. It's not an easy chip to use, um, but hopefully we'll have the Arduino code and CircuitPython code for this chip soon. Oh, and uh, one more. I forgot. The uh, two more. This one? The DS. Oh, yeah. I just saw a lot this weekend. Yeah. The DS1841, people like their I squared C linear potentiometers. Uh, this is a log potentiometer. It's a single pot, but it's a log style, so it could be really good for some audio projects, scientific projects. And the HT10, this is an ultra-low-cost temperature and humidity sensor from the same people who buy the DHT22. Back in the vault. Back in the vault with y'all. Vault's full. The vault is just chock full. Go okay, um, we're going to start answering some questions. Go over to adafruit.it slash discord. Where we do it, so we answer questions. Join all sixteen thousand of us. Also, now in server discovery. That's right. We passed every test. We did, we did it. it. We Yay. did it. We did it. We did it. But that's where we do these questions. Okay. Right. Um, so first up, the question that I saw earlier was, um, would we ever do a live video feed in the pick and place machine? So I actually thought about this a bunch. The, yeah. the, the hard part is, I'd want audio, but then I don't want you know a live mic. What if the team is talking about stuff they don't want broadcast on the internet. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll do music. Well, we own all of our own music, but then, you know, YouTube will uh, do the automatic copyright thing if it just has any music because yeah. they just, they don't, the copyright filters don't work. So it's like, yeah. oh, it sounds like, a, like it sounds like a song. Um, so even though we make our own music, so that's a potential. So what we've been doing is the manufacturing um, section in our show where we can just uh, film it when we want to. And uh, I do want to do things where when we, run a certain batch of products 
Uh, maybe it'll tweet, and then maybe we can like have a short clip of a video to make it pretty clear. But I don't want the team to think there's like an always-on microphone video yeah. on them. We don't do that to our team. So that's pros and cons. Pros um, and cons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you two ever take vacation? Well, now's not a good time to travel. Um, next up, do you have any preferences among 3D printers you own? You know, I'll say Noam and Pedro are the best ones to ask. Stop by, Check out their videos, Stop yeah. by 3D Hangouts every Wednesday at 11 a.m. because this is probably the most asked question. I know. I don't want to say... I, I, I'm good at suggesting some things, but not 3D printers. Yeah. Uh, folks like the, the fast chip. Um, is yeah. new, new, new copyrighted. Well, um, the music that we have that we made is our own, um, but if someone wants to use this, let, you wanna, let us know, I yeah, guess. I mean, Just like, drop me an email. New, new it up. Uh, let's see. The other question was, can you... Uh, the... I guess this was for the ICM. Yeah. Can you put it in a rocket? There would be a good sensor for a rocket. Okay. Um, good for a rocket. Did the uh, ESP32 S2 have NFC? I don't think so. But I don't, I'm not 100% sure. You'd really check the data sheet, but I did not. I, one thing I noticed was that Bluetooth. So, I think uh, they dropped the NFC. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, does anyone know how to add a 12-volt power source to a coaxial cable wire for an amplifier. Oh, you really need to look at the amplifier documentation because you don't want to blow it up. So I don't want to I don't want to recommend how to do it cuz what if you Got it. break Oh, it? for the pick and place cam you meant an outside view. Yeah, it's still it would still be the same thing because if we're filming the pick and place machine on the outside, if we were to film the audio or sorry, transmit the audio, you know, I'd have to hey, hey everybody, you know, yeah. if you're talking to your coworker here about something you don't want broadcast on the internet. So it could be silent, uh, but anyways, uh, yes. I, I like, like the I like the what we did, which is which is we just have videos every week of the manufacturing running, and it's like the most fun parts. Yeah. Okay. Next up, uh, any plans to make a quick Stemma MOSFET transistor board alternative to a relay, uh, just power ground signal and mm. V and in, in, out? I haven't I haven't thought of it, but it's a good idea. Maybe I will. Okay. Uh, Unless there's any other questions, I think we're going to call it. Okay, yeah, oh, someone expected to be silent, not like traffic amps. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing, though. It sounds cool. So I like the sounds of the machines. I know. Yeah, I know. Chunk See, challenge, challenge. Yeah. Um, so anyways. Okay. We'll keep, we'll keep doing stuff. Um, I think that's the questions for now, unless there's another one I'm going to go to. Uh, oh, does the building next door to the empty lot still have doors or windows? No, it's gone. Yeah, I think it's all gone. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the one across the street. The ones next door are all regular buildings. Yeah, you can yeah. see that they're going to redo this entire block. Yeah, the building next door used to be the Trump Soho. Now it's called, like, the Warwick or something. Yeah. The Dominic. Um, they scraped the Trump name off and, put, and called it the Dominic. Mm -hmm. uh, we have we have uh, footage of that. And then the one next door is just re it's regular, like, office building. Yeah. And then across the street is construction. Okay. All right, cool. All right, let's uh, do a giveaway. You do a giveaway? Yeah, what do you want to give away? Okay, let's give away a uh, a Serpenti. That's a good one. Yeah. What are the rules? The rules are the first person uh, to call magic phone number when it appears and answer the three questions will get a Serpenti board, a great little CircuitPython-friendly uh, microcontroller dev board uh, that we now stock. Um, all I do is call the phone number when it appears, and when I pick up the phone and say, ahoy, ahoy, 
you have to say like ahoy ahoy back or something so I know you're there please please respond and I ask you your name and where you're calling from and a project you're working on or you want to work on and if you can answer those questions I want to send you a Serpenti for free okay no purchase required even Tennessee can enter the phone lines are open open call this number yeah, I put the phone number in some of the chats as well. Thank so you. It's easy for you in case you can't decipher the, uh, the different ones. And I think I got all of them. Yeah. Yes, one winner per Lamore's lifetime. Oh, That's sorry, correct. I forgot to say that. So I'm yeah. so distracted. Yeah. All these all right. cables. Oh, oh. oh. Phone's ringing. It's going to ring twice? Yeah. Okay, let's pick it up. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Hello. Congratulations. You've called the magical phone number. What's your name and where are you calling from? This is Bob. I'm from Boise, Idaho. Okay, Bob from Boise, Idaho. Congratulations. You have won our Serpente microcontroller board. Yay. Everyone's so happy. Oh, yeah. Yay. All you have to do is email support at adafruit.com and say, hey, it's Bob from Idaho and I want a product number. Um, well, you can pick three, four, five, one, three, or four, five, one, four. One of them has the plug, one of them has a socket. So pick which one you want. I would suggest the 4513. And they'll send it out to you okay. immediately. What's a project you're working on or you want to work on? I have always wanted my own uh, shooting gallery. So mm. I want to do one with a Nerf gun. And uh, so I've been working on that a little bit at a time. Awesome. A lot of your products and a lot of your guys. Yay! That sounds cool. I'd love like, it's a smart shooting, especially one that automatically resets and like knows when it's been hit. Well, hopefully you can use the Serpente board in your project. Uh, free stuff is always good. So please, Bob, don't forget to email support Adafruit to get your new product because they, they need your address and stuff. All right. All right. Well, thank you and have a wonderful night. You too. Bye. Okay. Okay. Give away a Serpente. All right, ladies, Good. that was our show for tonight. Thank you, everyone out there, for being part of this. Don't forget the code is wide range. That gets you 10% off all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. Everything except for gift certificates, Adabox, and Code Academy courses. It supports us, a 100% woman-owned open-source electronics company in New York City. This is it. There is no other. There's Thank no you other. so much for everyone who supports the company by purchasing some stuff once in a while. Thank you. Uh, Special thanks to Takara, who's in the Slack chat, oh, behind the scenes. Special thanks to all the Adafruit team members, both here and remote. We'll see everybody next week. We might have some I'm special surprises there. and more, so stay tuned. Maybe a new NPI. Who knows? So stay tuned to Adafruit.com, all of the social places, Discord, and more. We'll see everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener. Bye, everybody.